It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. And here we go. It's the Adam Ritz Show. I'm your host, Adam Ritz. Joining me is Jay Baker. Good morning, Jay Baker. Good morning, Adam. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is uh, spring. It is that time of year to get out and about and maybe you know get some fresh air, raise your heart rate, shed some of the poundage you gained over the winter. Uh, and maybe that's just an autobiographical look at, at how I look at spring. Uh, but yeah, it's that time of year. So we're going to talk about uh, springtime activities. Uh, looking forward to what you're bringing to the public affairs table today. I wanted to start first by mentioning uh, a tip of the hat and a thank you to the Tory Smith Family Fund. Tory Smith played in the NFL for the Baltimore Ravens. And he recently hosted his eighth annual charity basketball game at Royal Farms Arena in Baltimore. Uh, and 100% of the proceeds went to his family fund. And if you want to check out more about his charity, it's torysmith.org. NFL fans will remember he played uh, for the University of Maryland, then Baltimore, and then he uh, ended his career with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So we love when professional athletes give back to their hometown, their home communities. He really got involved with community service when he was a student athlete for the Maryland Terps, carried that over into his work with the NFL. And he's still, as a retired player, giving back to his hometown of Baltimore with a huge charity game every year at Royal Farms Arena. I love hearing that. And as you know, I do believe NFL players are especially charismatic. Usually when they walk into a room, you can't help but notice them. And I always thought that, remember the Charles Barkley, I am not a role model, always just seemed like, oh, come on now. So yes, I think it's great. Professional athletes are role models. They're still large in the community, and this is great news. And I've always wondered this number. In fact, I asked uh, Ryan Deem this, and, and hypothetically, no one knows the answer to this, but what's the percentage of professional athletes that have a foundation while they play that still have that foundation 10 years after they retire? Because the numbers drop off drastically. Um, I think there are a lot of advantages to having a charity when you're a professional athlete while you play. Some practical ones, you know, there's tax benefits, there's uh, uh, personal branding, you know, getting involved with your community. The more you do that, the more fans you get. I mean, there's some, there's some selfish reasons, reasons to do it. Um, but along with those reasons, there's altruistic reasons to do it that outweigh the selfish reasons. And, and it's great when you hear about a professional athlete that keeps their charity going eight, nine, ten years after they're done playing. I mean, well, that's fantastic. And, you know, the fan base adopts those players as their own. So I think that that's great that still he is participating in a community situation where people still – revere what he did on the NFL field, and he's carrying it out now. So, no, I'm impressed by that. You, you know that any NFL team can point to certain players and go, those are our guys. We're always going to be behind them. And as you said, if you can tie it into a charity, that's great. You're on board with the Adam Ridge Show. It's a public affairs uh, conversation on terrestrial radio stations across the country. We thank you so much for joining us, and we thank our 
Vibonomics sponsor and um, underwriter for allowing us the resources to do this show from the Vibonomics radio studios. And Vibonomics is a company that provides audio software and an audio experience to brick-and-mortar businesses across the country. If you walk into a store, you hear some cool music, you hear a voiceover message between the song that makes it sound like that business has their own custom radio station, you're probably listening to Vibonomics. You can learn more at Vibonomics.com. Now, I wanted to give a, a little tip of my hat to one of our affiliates and our listeners in the Washington area, the state of Washington, just north of Seattle in Bellingham, Washington, uh, K-A-F-E, Cafe, it's 104.1, uh, today's variety, great music, and uh, you know, I can speak about their public affairs show, it's one of the top-notch public affairs shows in the country. Absolutely. Because it's this one. <laughs> Absolutely. The two guys that are on it are incredible. Uh, it's just amazing. But Anyway, Cafe 104.1 is involved with a uh, public health campaign in the Bellingham area with an organization called Recreation Northwest. And recently, Murdoch Trust Grant helped launch this new public health campaign, which um, gives all kind of advice and tips for, for getting out into the park system, using the trails, getting involved with nature. I mean, there are so many benefits to taking advantage of this time of year to get out of your depressing dark basement on a couch that you don't need anymore. Get up the stairs, open the door, go out into nature, and enjoy the park systems throughout your hometown. They're doing that in Bellingham, Washington, and we tip our hat to uh, tip our hat to KAFE 104.1 Cafe and the Recreation Northwest with their public health campaign. And no matter where you hear this message, if you think about it long enough, no community on the planet would say, "Let's have less parks. Let's have less of this, less of that." We would all say strong park system, very important on many levels. But how often do we get out and use our parks? We were recently talking about that the other day, Jay, where uh, you'd be surprised how many cool parks are within an hour's drive of your own house. Last summer, I went on a, a little miniature impromptu family reunion with my girlfriend's family. We had a cookout at a park. Uh, I wasn't familiar with the park. Uh, we even went um, kayaking through you know, some river that I'd never heard of. It was 59 minutes from my house, and we spent all day there. We went on probably a six-mile hike through these trails. Terrain, cliffs, I mean, it was beautiful. And I, I kind of felt bad that it was only 59 minutes from my house, and here I am, middle-aged guy. I didn't even know it was there. So, yeah, we advise you, do some research, check out the park system in your hometown, your home state, and this is very uh, relevant for what's going on in Bellingham, Washington, because this public health campaign launches this weekend at the annual Whatcom Parkscriptions Day, Sunday, April 28th, with more than 15 free, concurrent, all-ages, fun, and educational events that are planned in Whatcom County and the state parks within Whatcom County. And you can uh, check out those details. We'll put them uh, a link on our website, adamritzshow.com. Ritz spelled just like Ritz Crackers, adamritzshow.com. Again, thanks to Cafe 104.1 for getting involved with the Recreation Northwest Public Health Campaign just north of Seattle. Jay, we're talking about getting outside in springtime, and I know that look on your face. I know you've got some tips for me. Well, here's what's great, Adam. As you know, spring is a paradigm shifter. We do go from uh, 
the winter doldrums. We've talked that about this on the show. Springtime is a chance for you to sort of re-energize yourself, reinvigorate yourself, get the entire family involved. And believe it or not, there's actually a spring checklist. Yes, there really is such a thing. We're going to talk about it today. And it goes from everything from your car, your house, to family activities. I think you're going to be pleased by this. When I started doing the research on this, I thought there's going to be two tips. We'll have to cut this show short and go, good night, everybody. <laughs> but no, there's a lot to the spring checklist. I'm curious to see uh, and learn if I, if I do any of the things on this list. And I might lie to you and tell you I do, so I seem a little prepared for spring. You'll be embarrassed if you don't follow some of these. You'll say to yourself, this has gone on for years. Why didn't I do this? (laughs) One of the main items is replace your windshield wipers. This sounds odd, but windshield wipers take quite a beating during the winter months. Uh, Even if you don't have snow in your area, the winter is just hard on windshield wipers. Streaky windshield wipers impair your visibility. And as we know, typically in the spring, we get, what, April showers? They bring Mm -hmm. May flowers. There's always a lot of rain. Most areas in the springtime, make sure you have your wipers replaced. We also have talked about, Adam, that you and I, because we're on the radio, we wouldn't know the first thing about repairing a car or changing anything on it. So ask the counterman at the auto parts store, could you help me change these? You know, it's crazy. I am not handy at all. And I did install my own windshield wiper blades uh, did you recently. Feel and a sense of accomplishment? I really did. It was easier than I thought it was going to be. And I will also suggest that if you are just one of these people that is, they're just like, I'm not even going to do it. I, I just don't even want to learn. I don't want to know how easy it is. I'm not going to do it. So I'd rather just look through streaked glass when it rains. You can get windshield wiper blades installed almost anywhere where you have anything done with your car. A a car wash, for example. When you go to a car wash and you're in the lobby, you're waiting for them, your car's going through what they call the tunnel, and you're sitting there watching it through the glass, they have, I bet, they have windshield wipers for sale. And if you buy them, you can say, would you mind popping these on and installing these? They will because they want you to buy them. So wherever you go to get anything done worked on your car, maybe a, a Jiffy Lube or a, a fast oil change, say, I'm looking for some new windshield wipers. Now, they might charge you 8 bucks for something you could do for free, but if you really don't want to install them, somebody out there will, will pop these suckers on. Absolutely. So make sure you get windshield wipers. It's a good safety tip. Here's another safety tip. You don't think about this one. Open up your windows. You get some fresh air in the house, reinvigorates the mood, the atmosphere. Plus, importantly, it uh, helps uh, actually ventilate your house if you're doing some spring cleaning. Another spring cleaning tip is a lot of times uh, some of the solvents and stuff that we've always traditionally used, oftentimes there's a substitute that's much more eco-friendly, a little bit easier on our health. So that may not be a bad thing to do, too. Not only spring cleanup's a great idea, but also you might want to find some more ecologically safer solutions to some of the harsh household chemicals you might use. Yeah, if you have to open up your windows so you can breathe when you're cleaning, it might be time to change the pesticide or whatever you're using, (laughs) the the bleach. Well, the refrigerator is clean, but some family members had to go to the emergency room. It's never, never a good thing, is it? And you know what? I'll say... Uh, piggybacked on opening the windows. You know, if you're in a cold state listening and it's you had a harsh winter, 
it might be the first time your windows have been opened in six or seven months, and it'd be nice to know that they're operational um, because you don't want to find out um, the worst case scenario. There's a fire. You need to get out of your house. You're in a room with a window to get out, and these windows are painted shut, fused shut, whatever, shut, and you can't open them. And it's leaded glass that you can't break. So it's a good time to go around, make sure all your windows are operational and that they at least open. That's a great point. Many communities will allow you to use use windows as egress points for fire safety. But if the window doesn't open, not much of an egress point. So definitely check on that. Speaking of safety, test your smoke alarms. And if you have them in your home, carbon monoxide detectors. Even if the batteries aren't used up, changing the batteries in the springtime is just a good idea. You know, you can take the batteries, recycle the old ones, but make sure you have some fresh ones. Be extra careful, obviously, if you're up in the air on a ladder changing uh, smoke detectors. But most smoke detectors usually have some type of standby battery. It's a good time to do this. Um, I innocently thought a while back because it had been, oh, not that long of a of time passage. I thought, well, these smoke detectors can go another, you know, couple months. I'm not going to worry about it right now. They started beeping at about two in the morning, so I was changing my batteries <laughs> at two a.m. I'm telling you this now, so you could change yours now at your leisure and not have and sleep blissfully away at two a.m. Great idea, you know. If the batteries aren't bad, they're going to be bad someday. You don't want them to go bad the day before you need your smoke detector to work. Here's something I do, uh, changing the batteries. When you change your clocks, that's kind of been the cliche. Um, In the daylight savings times that, that we have to deal with, when you change the clocks, change the batteries in your smoke detector, that's a great Great practice to get into. And you kind of feel like, gosh, I just, you know, these batteries are working. Why, why am I going to throw these away? Or I throw them in a drawer and then I use those batteries when my remote control for my TV, when those batteries go out. Because it doesn't bother me. It won't hurt me or kill me for my remote control to not work. But it might hurt me or kill me for my smoke detector to not work. So I'd rather have the batteries in my remote control be suspect or half power than the i want the batteries in my smoke detector to be full power every day absolutely that's good thinking and also we mentioned carbon monoxide detector detectors more and more households now are buying these devices and using them because carbon monoxide is one of those strange things it's a completely odorless colorless gas it can enter your home through incomplete combustion. So that means if you've got something like a hot water heater, furnace, you could have carbon monoxide in your home. If something doesn't vent properly, you can become slowly poisoned or your family can actually be killed by a buildup of carbon monoxide. So having a detector is not a bad idea and changing the batteries in the springtime a very good idea. Yeah, there's been so many tragic stories of a, of a family that needed a carbon monoxide detector. If they would have just had a warning, they would have been fine. So if you don't, if you're listening and don't have a, a detector, look into it. Google it, find out, go to your local hardware store. They're cheap enough and there's no excuse to not have one. They're that cheap. Absolutely. The other thing too is to test your 
smoke alarms and carbon monoxide detectors. The manufacturer usually has a testing procedure. Sometimes it's just as simple as a button right on the front of the unit. So, uh, you know, a little slightly inconvenient, the noise it'll make, but at least you'll know that that thing is operating as it should in the springtime just because you want to be safe. Now, in springtime, it's allergy season. And uh, the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, uh, I never went to this school, but it's great. they got a heck of a football team. <laughs> they recommend <laughs> that you always follow your physician's example. Uh, so, you know, if this is not what your physician has told you, check with them. But they say oftentimes people take seasonal allergy medication either that whether it's been prescribed or over the counter you might want to start this early rather than later it can be a little bit more effective when allergy season truly kicks in and for many parts of the country that's right around the corner you're looking at an asthmatic i don't know if you knew that about me uh grew up with asthma it's gotten easier and better as i've gotten older uh, but i do take some over the counter and some uh, prescribed um, inhalers. And I'm telling you, this time of year, if I misplace my inhaler and I'm having a bad day, some panic sets in when my chest is a little tight and it's sure. a little harder to breathe. So great advice uh, with the pollen and the weather and the springtime and the windows open and, f- and flower particles blowing through your screens inside your house. Any, any member of your family that deals with allergies, uh, think ahead with whatever you might need over or under the counter. Especially if you've got children, because as Adam talked about, the panic part of it, that's the hardest problem you'll have if you have allergies in your children or you have asthmatic children. You really want to be able to stay on top of that. That panic is nothing you'd ever want to deal with as a parent. Uh, another good thing to do in the springtime is tune up your bike. Uh, Adam and I both like to bike, but we found that we do what everybody else in our age group does. We just throw our bike up on the garage wall, and then that first beautiful day comes by, and it's like, wow, the number of things wrong with this bike, let me make a long list. They do highly recommend you take it to your local mechanic. You want your local bike mechanic to stay in business and stay happy because if you ever have to have a repair done on your bike, now you've got a place to take it back to. So many bike shops will have a spring tune-up sale or special. You should take advantage of it. Uh, Certainly, you want to make sure that your wheels and tires are in good operating order, but something uh, as seemingly simple as the brakes. You might want to make sure those are operating properly. You might want to make sure the brakes work. That's a gr- great advice. One of the things <laughs> we found about biking is you'll learn quickly about physics and gravity. We don't want you to learn about physics and gravity in a way that causes you an emotional distress or personal injury. Yes, yes. And um, the bike mechanics will not like when I say this, but you know, bikes are affordable enough now that if you've if if your bike if you pull it off the hooks in your garage at springtime, you're going to take that first bike ride. If you notice that the the gears, the brakes, the brake line, uh, the the wires sticking out through rubber, if it just doesn't look right, you know, put that bike aside. Maybe donate it to uh, Salvation Army or Goodwill and go to a box store like Target or Walmart and buy a new bike. Not I mean, a bad they're, idea. They're affordable enough now. Not On sale, you can get a really good, decent bike for maybe $95. And even if you've got this bike that you just recently bought, it may uh, 
create a scenario where you actually ride around in your neighborhood a little bit more than you ordinarily would have. Mm -hmm. Because if you've got this super involved biking experience, you might say, I'd rather just like have the bike. I can just go piddle around and go visit the neighbors on. So something to think about. You know, side note, um, I just find this fascinating. I was on a walk the other day on a trail, a bike trail, and the bikes that went by, I know enough. I know a little bit about, I did some miniature triathlons. You know, I'm not bragging that I did triathlon, a triathlon, but there's some, what they call sprint triathlons where it's super short distance. I mean, it's like a three mile run, uh, a 12 mile bike ride and a 500 yard swim. And you right? followed up with a nap. Uh, oh yeah. That, well, that was a five hour nap. So sure. that's the quadrathlon. Um, but I, you know, I got a, a decent bike to do that for the, for the 12 mile bike ride. Uh, and I know how much bikes cost. So there are some bikes that went by me that are just, if you didn't know this, I just find it fascinating. Two, three, $4,000 bikes. Yes. You are much more into biking than I am. When you're on a trail and you see some guy go by that looks like he just got off the tour to France with the hat, the matching outfit, his phone's in a pocket on his, you know, <laughs> lower on his back. back. Yeah. Uh, that, he's on a five thousand dollar bike, isn't he? Oh, My yes. car isn't worth a thousand dollars. I'm not even kidding. And these people are on five ten thousand dollar bikes. You're absolutely correct about that. In fact, I just got through reading an article about new bikes this season, and they did have a category. You know, they as always with any review article, it's always like this is your best uh, mountain bike. This would be your best road bike. This is your best casual bike. There's even a category now called gravel biking. As you know, you like trails quite a bit. Well, there's trails now we're used to in urban areas of so having that nice wide asphalt paving, but many times is the tr- trails become more rural, you'll just have packed gravel, which is perfectly fine for walking, but not always for biking. Right. So now there's gravel bikes. But the last category was bikes if money is not an object. There were a couple of bikes listed. The more expensive one was right at $11,000. So yes, you can spend $11,000. We don't recommend that you spend $11,000 without checking with your spouse. This could result in uh, an upcoming show that we're going to do on marital relations. (laughs) $11,000 bike. I I can't imagine it to have a touch screen. I mean, were there USB ports? That's just crazy to me. Here's the good news, honey. I'm going to go out and do a lot of riding. I'm going to get really fit this year. Here's a little bit of the bad news. I heard about this on a public affairs show, honey. I need to get out and get more exercise. We need this bike. Adam Ritz told me to buy the most expensive (laughs) bike I could find. Maybe I heard him wrong. (laughs) Replace your air conditioner filter. You can buy a new filter at your local hardware store. Adam uh, and I were talking about this the other day. Adam even said the place where he buys groceries. They have a decent selection of filters. It's, you know, I maybe that I'm giving too much information about myself, but most of my home maintenance I can accomplish when I go to the grocery store to buy Swiss cheese. Why not? There is that, you know, that aisle that's got, uh, it's actually called the hardware or the homeware aisle. And right. they sell extension cords, uh, light bulbs, plungers, stuff you need for your house. And they do sell air filters. So, if it's intimidating to think, oh, I don't want to work on my furnace um, and I don't know what to say or what aisle to go to when I go to Menards or Lowe's, it's such a big store. You know, just maybe look in your local grocery store when you go pick up cheese. Absolutely. So the filter will help your air conditioning system run more efficiently. And 
the interesting thing about what Adam said, you can either do like the straightforward filter or at your local hardware store, they have a large selection of different filters you might want to try to filter out some allergens and dust in your home. Uh, my advisement on that is be a little careful that you don't get a filter uh, for your furnace that makes it work a little too hard. And they'll be able to guide you at the hardware store. You don't need the super you know, XL5000 filter, uh, but there are some very nice filters that filter things out now. There's more filter technology than there has been, but no matter how good your filter is, if it's been in there for three years, it's not filtering anything no, anymore. No, And if you're listening right now, and this is the first you've heard of it, and you've lived in your house for a decade, change it today. <laughs> Locate the heating and air conditioning. Change the filter. Change the filter. Ask your dad or somebody what the filter changing process is. Get it done today. Absolutely. Uh, be ladder smart when cleaning your gutters. This is the time of year when a lot of people are out. Uh, they put the old ladder up and they start cleaning out the gutters. That's great, but there's some ladder safety tips. And one of them is make sure the ladder you use isn't too short. If it's just a conventional ladder, not a step ladder, it should extend at least three feet over the top of your roof. So that's something to bear in mind. That's I've never heard that before, um, partly because I'm afraid of heights. I'm not a guy that's going to get on my roof ever to do that. Right. I, I do uh, pay a guy in my neighborhood to clean my gutters. Uh, I'm going to check that out the next time he comes over to get my, my second level gutters. If his, and I'm going to say something. You know, that ladder should be three feet above the gutters. The National Ladder Association is recommending at least three feet. You know, I heard it on the Adam Rich Show. <laughs> now, here's something interesting. I always love science. They say that you should have your ladder at a 75-degree angle. Now, you may think to yourself, well, I'll have to run out and get a protractor. You know, you're psychic because the first thing I thought of when you said your ladder should be three feet above the gutter, I was thinking... If your ladder is a little short, you can make it three feet. If you have it standing straight up, well, then you're going to fall backwards. Right. You have so to be how, very careful. So what angle? You read my mind. Yeah. They recommend a 75-degree angle. And, and as even though this sounds complicated, it's very straightforward. You stand straight with your toes touching the front of the ladder. And then where it leans away from you, stretch out your arms in front of you. If your palms touch the top of the rung that's at shoulder level, the angle is correct. So you stand with your shoe at the base of the ladder, extend your arm out, the palm should touch the rung, and that's 75 degrees. Fantastic description. I can see that happening in my head when you said that. And I was thinking, I wonder if it's still 75 degrees for LeBron James, who has a 15-foot arm when he's reaching out in front of him. That's called... You know, uh, I don't think LeBron changes or, or cleans out his gutters. Do no, you? <laughs> I think that uh, with his tremendous wealth, he is able to afford a local handyman uh, to come over. Yeah, I don't think that maybe, you know, the longer your your arm, the more likely you're in the NBA. You're probably not cleaning your gutters. Hello, Mr. James, your home handyman here. Hey, I heard on the Adam Rich show that uh, you might need your gutters cleaned, and <laughs> I have the proper equipment. My ladder is over three feet over the top. Probably with LeBron, he can leap up on his own and look into his gutters and clean them out. Maybe not even leap. 
Just no. reach up. Just reach up. Take care of that. Uh, and then here's an extra safety tip. Uh, have someone hold the bottom of the ladder while you're up on the ladder. So that kind of makes sense. Uh, Adam, I think, gave us the best safety tip of all. Know your limitations. Anybody that's listening, when you were 20 years old, you'd run through a brick wall. Nowadays, we're kind of smart enough to say ladder. That's up in the sky. That's beyond my capabilities. I'm going to hire somebody. That was my job to hold the ladder for my dad. And you talk about like great memories. When, as soon as you said, have somebody hold the ladder, that's pretty – I was – I mean, in, well into my 30s, that was still my job, to hold the ladder, hold the flashlight. Dad's changing the oil. Guess what, guess what old Adam's doing? Holding the flashlight, holding the ladder. That was my job. You were the world's best assistant in many ways. And I did it wrong every time. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, your dad still loves you. You got lucky. So there you go. There's some safety tips. As you know, a lot of these are common sense, but I've really, I enjoy doing research and finding out because you can quantify things that need to be done and uh, why you should do them. So springtime's a good time. Get out, be active. Be safe would certainly be the number one tip that I'd give anyone. And I would say, you know, you said a lot of these are common sense. Some of them aren't, and some of them aren't top of mind, and they're good to talk about and hear. And if you heard anything on this show that made you think, wow, you know what, I will change the batteries in my smoke detector and put them in my drawer for my remote control, because then I don't waste them completely, and there's still some power in them, and they can power my remote control. Share that story or anything you heard today with, with a friend, a family member, uh, because conversations, awareness conversations, uh, go viral, and they keep us all safe. So, Jay Baker, thank you so much for your report on uh, the things to do this spring. I'm sure maybe in six months we'll get another report on what to do to get ready for the fall. Absolutely. You know we will. You can follow us on Twitter, at Adam Ritz. And for any questions, comments, concerns, you can even email me through the website, adamritzshow.com. Thank you for listening. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.